0: Us now and also for eternity, and um, uh, investing uh, here uh, for eternity. Matthew 6:19, Jesus said, "Lay not up for yourself treasures on earth, where moth and rusts uh, uh, destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust will attack it, or where thieves cannot break in and steal." Because where your treasure is, there is your heart. That is such a challenge from Jesus. Where is your treasure this morning? Where is the treasure of your heart? Uh, Is it in heavenly things, in eternal things, or is it just in the earthly things? And so my challenge to you this morning is to search your heart and say, Lord, I I want to lay up treasure eternally. Amen and i just want to remind all of us that we are eternal beings we are here for uh, for a time but the truth of the matter is that we are actually almost, we are actually in eternity already we're just waiting to pass on amen we're just waiting to pass on and so we are eternal beings and this is what the scripture says very clearly and uh, you will spend uh, uh, your eternity and in a place that you will choose. Choosing is very important in this life, especially concerning eternal things. What we choose is what we will get. God has put that in our hearts. That is such an empowering thing, that you can choose your future, you can choose your life, you can choose your destiny. And uh, we're not here... in in some sort of little raffle where we take out names and we say well you'll be saved and you'll be lost no you choose you choose this day who you will serve this is what the scripture says you choose this day you choose who you will serve you choose where your investment will be and so this is so vital for us as the children of god Uh, where we spend our eternity obviously depends on our choices made and as I said, God has given to us as spirit beings the power of choice and the power of saying, I want to go there or I want to go Yeah, Ecclesiastes 3.11 says he has made everything beautiful in its time. He has put eternity in our hearts. He has put eternity in our hearts, except that no man can find out the work that God does from the beginning to the end. Your inner man is designed to connect with God. God has put the the beauty of his nature and life in you so that you can connect with him. And this is the truth of the gospel, the truth of the scriptures, that God wants to speak to men, and God does speak to men, and that God has speak to you this morning and he speaks to me. Because the word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, cuts deep into the hearts of men and women. It cuts in. It brings life and blessing And so, as an eternal being, you are designed to hear from God. You are designed to hear His voice. Um, What's more, you can't pay for where you are going. Mm -hmm. You can't pay for this. It all depends on choice. You can't pay for your eternal destiny. You can only move into it and receive it freely, freely. Amen? There are two places to choose from. You as a person created in the image of God, intelligent, smart, able to know your left hand from your right, all faculties working, hearing the gospel, you are able to choose Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life, and so determining your eternal future. Wow, it's in your choice this morning. It's in my choice. It's in our choice this morning to choose the best, to choose kingdom life, to choose kingdom values to choose everything that God wants. He wants the best for us. And he says, this is the choice that you need to make. Wow. That is, uh, is, is, is very powerful this morning if you think about it. No man will be able to say to God, you didn't give me the opportunity. Every person on this planet will have the opportunity to say, I receive Christ as my Savior and my Lord, and I bow my knee to him. It's so critical and so essential, because without doing that, you have no hope of a great future in eternity. That is serious stuff, isn't it? And as I said, there are two places, and the other place that we can choose to is, to go to is, is, is really the glories of heaven and being with the Lord forevermore. But it all depends on how we choose. The other choice is to choose an eternity with a prince of darkness. And this is so critical. People don't want to speak about hell, but hell is real. Let me just say that it's, it's a, the, the saddest thing in, 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 in my heart when I think that people don't want to receive Christ as Savior. He did it all for us, and yet some people will say, I don't want him, I choose to go the other way. The other way is going to be a very difficult path. And Jesus himself describes uh, uh, those that choose that way. And um, it, it it is a very sad choice and a difficult one. Any man in his right mind would choose Christ. You would think so. Any man in his right mind would choose to serve Christ. Many do not. They fail to acknowledge the most important person in the universe, and that is God. And you know what? It it saddens my heart, really, to think that um, people have so trivialized death. And, you know, they say, oh, he's gone to kick the bucket. There we go again. No, it's not kicking the bucket. It's dying and going to one of two places. Some people, they have these rituals when someone dies, they go and sit in the pub and they drink all night to wave him goodbye. What a sad thing when you have to do that or do that to someone that has passed on. So trivial to think that, oh, Joe has kicked the bucket. No, Joe has gone somewhere. He's gone somewhere. We go somewhere. And this is so important for us to get hold of. And uh, it's, it's the message that we need to give uh, and preach deep into the hearts of men and women. You're not just kicking the bucket. You're going somewhere, and your choice will determine where you are going. And this morning, I want to encourage you. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, choose. Choose. Choose right. Choose Jesus. Amen? Choose Jesus. Satan has trivialized so much in life. So much in life It's trivialized eternity, made men and women think that there is no eternity. And so many things um, that uh, are floating around in the world today where people say, oh, well, I don't don't believe, I don't do God. And it just is like a dagger in my own heart to hear someone say that. I say you do that at your own peril. Proverbs 9, verses 10 and 11, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the knowledge of the holy is understanding. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. You can be as smart as you want to, but if you don't acknowledge God, oh, what wisdom you are missing. He's the beginning of wisdom, and he opens up our hearts, and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. For by me, now listen to this, for by me thy days shall be multiplied, and the years of thy life shall be increased. This wisdom is personified. For by me, who is by me? It's by Jesus. He is our wisdom. He is the one who is designated this wonderful position of wisdom in the world and in the world to come. He is our life, he is our our everything. He is our wisdom. 1 Corinthians 1 verse 30 says, But of him are ye in Christ, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. He is our wisdom. By me, men will find what eternity is all about, what life is all about. And they will build up for themselves uh, a place and riches in heaven by me, by wisdom. Many smart men have rejected him. Smart men, intelligent men. And so let me just say this. Thank you for picking my bucket up. Many intelligent men, many have rejected uh, uh, the the wisdom of God. Rich men. And you know what they do when they die? They leave a foundation. And, you know, do you have foundations in in England or, or whatever? It's called a foundation. So they leave heaps of money, but they've rejected God. And then anyone that wants to go and study, they must just fill out a form and say what they believe, how they believe, and that they need the money to go and study. And so in their foundation, for as many years as that foundation lasts, they make young men and young women twice the devil that they were. Because when they reject Christ, they reject uh, eternity. And that is such a sad thing, that they would... The world today, and and universities throughout the world have many foundations. But, you know, there are Christian foundations, which are wonderful, but there are also other foundations that are really just godless, that men and women give themselves to receiving money so that they can study and reject Jesus Christ as Savior. It's very sad. My Bible says there is only one foundation. And 1 Corinthians uh, Corinthians 3, verses 11 to 13 says, For other foundation can no man lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if any man build upon this foundation, listen to to the value of of the foundation that Jesus leaves. He says, if any man build on this foundation, this is what Paul Paul writes. Uh, uh, He says, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay stubble. You can build. You can build your life on wood, hay, stubble, or you can build your life on the eternal things, the things of value, the things that will, will take you into eternity so you have a wonderful eternity with God. Amen? But oh, so sad when we just build with wood, hay, and stubble, and he says that every man's work shall be manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. Your best investment, your best investment is the kingdom of God. Your best investment, your best investment is into the kingdom of God. Amen? When you leave here today, I want you to go (laughs) and think about your future. (laughs) Think about your investment, where you are putting your life, your energy, where you're putting your, your prayer, where you're putting your finance, where you're putting your energy into. It's the best investment that you can make. The best investment. It is said of Abraham in the epistle to the Hebrews, he is the founding father, the patriarch of the Jewish nation. It says this in Hebrews chapter 11, 8 to 10. By faith Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive as an inheritance, obeyed and he went out, not knowing whither he went. By faith he sojourned in the land of promise, as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which had foundations, whose builder and maker is God." He had everything, but his faith, when God spoke to him, there was faith in his heart. God said, I want you to leave the earth of Chaldeans, I want you to go to a place, and I'm going to bless you there. And he had his sons. He had his families there. It says he had tremendous wealth. He had everything around him. But it says he looked for a city whose builder and maker is God. He looked for foundations in another world. That's what faith does to you. That's what faith in God does to you. You suddenly realize this world is very, very temporary. Whatever you have is going to pass away. That's for sure. But whatever you build on into the future is going to last for all eternity. Abraham, our father of faith, said, I'm looking for a city whose builder and maker is God. Wow. What a father we have of the faith. Amen. He looked for a city. The world and wealth can never satisfy the eternal longing in our hearts for the city whose builder and maker is God. You will never be satisfied until the empty space is filled in your heart. And we have empty space. And only Jesus can fill that. You can't pay for this. (laughs) You can't buy this. You can only receive it by faith. Amen? God said to Abraham, just leave. Get out of here. By faith he left and he was blessed. The same thing with us. We just leave the world behind us and we say, yes, what God's got for me is the right thing. Amen? That's the right stuff. Jesus uh, gave a, 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 quite a startling account uh, of, in Luke chapter 16, verses 19 to 21. I'm not going to read all of it, I'll just relay some of the story. There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, which was laid at his gate full of sores and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. Real story. A real account. You know why it's real? Because it came from the lips of Jesus. Did you hear what I said? It came from the lips of Jesus. Here we have the account of a rich man and Lazarus. Lazarus sat at his gate, longing for some food from his table. And it says that Lazarus died. And the account that Jesus gives is that the angels came and took him to Abraham's bosom. And we know from Scripture that that place is called Hades, the place of the departed. And there was the paradise side and the other side, where the lost would go. But there was a gulf between them. And it says that the rich man also died. The rich man died, and he went to the lost place, the place where he cries out and says, please, Father Abraham, please send Lazarus just to dip his finger in some water, to put it on my my lips. I, I, I need a drink of water. And Jesus said that Abraham said these words. He said, Lazarus cannot come to you. He cannot come to you. It's impossible because there's a great gulf between us. And then it says the rich man cried out to Abraham. Now listen to this. He says, Father, please, please send Lazarus to tell my five brothers, to tell my five brothers that that hell is real. Come on that hell is a real place, to be lost is real. Please tell them, tell my brothers, please, uh, uh, Father Abraham, send Lazarus, and, and Abraham says to him, if they won't hear Moses, if they won't hear the law, then neither will they hear Lazarus, even though someone rises from the dead, they will not hear him. Wow. Please tell my brothers, listen to this, To invest in people. Come on. This rich man had all the opportunity. He had the wealth. He had everything going for him. He could have invested in that man that sat at his gate. But he didn't. And so what this rich man is saying, Abraham, please tell my brothers to wake up, to realize that eternity is real. That there's a place where the lost will go unless they give their lives to Jesus Christ. Wow. This is a message. Not a popular message, but it's a powerful message and it's real. It's real. We've got to let people know that to be eternally lost is real. To be eternally found is real. God is real. Amen? Tell my brothers to invest in people. 1 Timothy 6.10 For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil, for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. This is Paul writing to Timothy. And he carries on and he says, But thou, O man of God, flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. This is the stuff that builds a man's life so that he can build in his life for a future with God. Now you build through faith, love, patience, meekness, kindness, mercy, all the good things that the scripture speaks about, amen? And then he goes on to say, he says, fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life. Christians, listen to me this morning, lay hold on eternal life. Come on, lay hold of eternal life. I'm gonna challenge you this morning. (laughs) To lay hold of eternal life, of eternal things, of eternal sowing, of eternal giving, of eternal prayers. Living for eternity because you are eternal and eternity is in your heart. Lay hold of eternal life, whereunto thou art also called, and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. I give thee charge in the sight of God, who quickeneth all things, and before Jesus Christ, whom Pontius Pilate witnessed a good confession, that thou keep this commandment without spot, unrebukable until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. Keep the commandment. Keep the commandment. What is the commandment? Bold for the future. Don't let riches so blind you, that you cannot see the needs of a lost and dying generation. Come on. Let me just say this. If you can make pots of money, make pots of money. (laughs) If it's in your ability, make pots of money. How much is too much? When you stop trusting God and are not laying hold of eternal life. That's when you've got too much. As soon as you lose sight of the fact that there's, there, are, there are needs, there are lives to save. And that all you do all day, every day, every month and every year of your life is accumulate. And you say, oh, well, God has blessed me. No, God will bless you when you start blessing others. When you bless others the world that needs to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen? I had one clap, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> lay hold of eternal life, lay hold of God. What is the greatest investment is people. You are so small-minded that all you can think of is yourself. That is horrible. That's, that's, that's an awful thought, that every day you can only think about you. You never think about anyone else. You never think about lost masses, nations that are lost, peoples that are lost. Say, so God, do something with our hearts. Do something with our hearts. all you can do is think about yourself, then all I can say to you is you are in deep poverty. You may have a big bank balance, but if you can't think about other people, you're in deep poverty. You may have nothing in your bank balance and still not think about people, other people, and the lost. You are also in poverty. Poverty of spirit is when I cannot see the value of another soul. That it doesn't touch me. This, the, this, the lostness of someone else doesn't grip my heart. Doesn't grip my soul. You need to jump the fence. You need to jump the fence. You know what? When two years ago, two and a half years ago, Pastor Lily and I, you know what? We had to jump the fence. They said to us, will you go to Bradford? Mm-hmm. 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 To miss this beautiful sunshine every day. <laughs> what a challenge. We had to get to a place where we said, yes, we'll leave family. We'll leave children Grandchildren, we live lovely church, we have lovely home, swimming pool, <laughs> birds in the garden, coffee on the veranda. But we had to jump the fence. Oh yeah. <laughs> jump the fence <laughs> <laughs> We had to jump the fence. <laughs> I'm saying to you this morning, where do you jump this fence? You jump it in your mind. You've got to jump this fence, not this one. The fence in your mind. The fence that keeps you bound. The fence that keeps you just thinking about yourself. Jump the fence. Hallelujah. Jump the fence. Where is your mind? I hope it's in the salvation of the world. I hope it's in living for God. Whew. I tell you, it takes all my energy. <laughs> but I'm empowered from on high. Amen? We're empowered from on high. When God starts to fire you up on the inside, I tell you what, no fence is too high. No fence is too high. Come on, take it by faith. 195 nations, 7.5 billion people on the planet. 4.5 billion have been properly reached. They say. You know what? Properly reached in the vocabulary of the of, of, of the these guys that do all the stats. Oh, went to. To 3% of the people acknowledge Christianity. Ooh! How sad that three and a half, four billion people still need to be touched with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you say all is well? No, it's not well. Something needs to happen. Something needs to happen in the hearts of the church. We need to get hold of eternity. 7,000 people groups, 195 nations. Oof, there's lots to do. I guess there are only 5 million people in church today in the UK. It's very quiet. But that's the truth. But let's be generous. Let's say 10 million. That still means there's 50 million people that need to be touched with the gospel in this country. Amen? 50 million people need to be somehow grabbed by the gospel. The UK needs a shake-up. And you are the shake-up. Come on. You, empowered by the Holy Spirit, on your knees, giving into God's work. Getting hold of the truth of eternity. Grab hold of it. Grab hold of it. Grab hold of it. You don't want to get to heaven and say, God says, well, what did you do? Well, I went to church on Sunday. "Mm -hmm." What else? Well, I don't know. Not much. It's time to pray. It's time to give. It's time to get out and do what God wants you to do. It's just something burning in my heart. Come on. It's time. Amen. It's time. Moses was confronted by God at the burning bush. Yes, this man, this man Moses Taken as a as a baby, floating down the Nile. Pharaoh's daughter takes him. He's circumcised. She knows he's a Hebrew. But she raises him up. But God had a plan. I want you to know that God has always got a plan. And God was looking way into the future when He wanted to redeem that whole nation out of Egypt. And you know the story how Moses grows up educated. He knows who all the gods of Egypt are. He knows who they are. Because he was educated. He was schooled in all of this stuff. But you know the day came when he had to run. Because he killed an Egyptian that was abusing a Hebrew man. And then he spends, I believe, 40 years in the wilderness. And he goes and works for what was his name? Uh, Jethro. Jethro, my my grandson's name. I shouldn't forget that. Marries Jethro's daughter. And one day he's out looking after the sheep. But you know, by then he was already quite old, eh? What, 80 years old? Talking to sheep. (laughs) All that education. All that background. And then he saw something that changed his whole destiny. He saw a bush burning. (laughs) And when he went a little closer, the bush spoke to him. He said, take off your shoe. Take off your shoe. And and so he did. You know what that showed? That he had great respect for God. And he couldn't run far. (laughs) When your shoe's off your foot, you can't run from God. Come on. You know what he did? You know what this man did? He went back to Egypt, and you know the story how he delivered. What did he do? He delivered the nation. Powerful signs and wonders as God spoke into his life. said, you're going to be a deliverer and bring back my people. Amen. Joshua was confronted by God near Jericho. Oh, God said to him, take off your shoe. <laughs> Ooh, I'm losing shoes, guys. <clears throat> take off your shoe. It's always one shoe. It shows that you respect God, and you're not going to run from Him. I'm going to run from Him. God said to him, you're standing on holy ground. And he looked and he said, who are you? He says, as the captain of the Lord's hosts, am I? Now come, are you for us or for against us? No, no, I'm the captain of the Lord's hosts. I say this to you, when the shoes are off your feet, the Lord is with you. You'll get it. When God is with you, so he takes the shoe off his feet, and the captain of the Lord's house, Jehovah, Shemaiah, says to him, this is what you have to do. You are going to attack Jericho, the big city, the walled city, the first city in, in Canaan. But I am with you. And that meant that God was going to fight their battle for them. But he gives them an instruction. And he says, Joshua, this is how you are going to do it. You're going to take the, the Ark of the Covenant and the priests. And you're going to take the ram's horn. And you're going to march around the city for six days, once, for six days. But on the seventh day... You're going to walk around that city for seven times. Seven times they went around. Wow, seven times they went around. The Ark of the Covenant, the priests with their, their trumpets, their horns, and uh, they went around there seven times. I'm not sure what was going on in their heads uh, when they got to number six. And they were not sure what was going to happen. And then they got to number seven. And you know what the instruction was? That when you do get to number seven, you sound the trumpets. But listen to this. You're going to shout a great shout. That's the only thing that he told them to do. Shout. Blow the trumpet and shout. I tell you, when that trumpet blows, when that trumpet blows. Yes. Yes, when that trumpet blows, give me another big one. Yes. (laughs) Amen. What did they? No one knows what they shouted, but I think they shouted. Jehovah Shemaiah. Hallelujah. (laughs) That's what they did. Will you stand with me? Come on. Come on. Jehovah Shemaiah. (laughs) Yes, Lord. Jehovah Shemiah, Jehovah Shemiah, a great shout of the people, it was a great shout of the people, amen, you can be seated, what happened, you know those walls came tumbling down, those walls come tumbling down. This is a picture of salvation, and I want you to see this this morning. When they obeyed the Lord of hosts' instructions, it was easy to defeat the enemy. Jericho fell. (laughs) We've started a thing. When, when, you, when you obey God's instruction, you never fail. You see, this is a picture of salvation. When you come to Jesus Christ, it's not by might nor by power, but by the Spirit of God that you are saved. Amen? The walls, the walls of, de- of defeat and failure, drug addiction, alcohol addiction, squashed, broken... If you receive it, if you receive it at salvation, it will work for you. Amen? But there was a man by the name of Achan. You know what Achan did? Achan stole gold. He were not supposed to do, to, to do, do that. All the gold and the metal and all the, the valuable stuff was to go to, uh, uh, for the Lord's use. But Achan. Stole and put under his bed. And you know the, the sad story is that they go into the next battle. Listen to me. They go into the next battle and they are defeated. They are defeated. And the reason was that he, that he did not obey the Lord. The Lord brought awful destruction into Israel that day. Because one man, one man, one man did not obey the Lord. Now, this is, this is the truth that I want to leave with you. When you come to Christ, when you come to Jesus and you give your heart to him, you leave it all behind. Did you hear what I said? You know why people struggle with issues in their lives? Because they don't leave it behind. The picture is very clear. When you come to Christ, because Jehovah Shabbat is no one else but Jesus. I mean, his wisdom, his righteousness, his sanctification, his redemption, is everything that we need. But we hang on. We hang on. To, oh, oh, this is just a little bit, Pastor. Uh-uh. That's a little bit too much. If you take it all, if you take salvation, you will be free. This is the power of the gospel. Amen. Don't hang on to stuff. When you're saved, you give Jesus a shout every day of your life. Amen. You give Jesus a shout every day of your life. My challenge to you this morning is take off the shoes of your heart. I want you to get this. Take off the shoes of your heart. Amen. Take them off. Say, Lord, come and deal with anything that's in my heart. Because I know that you've got something for me to do. Moses had to have an encounter with God. Joshua had an encounter with God. You can have an encounter with God. Yes. You have an encounter with God. Take off the shoes. But you know what? They, they took off their shoes. They got the instructions. But then they had to put their shoes back on. And I'm not going to try and put those back on. They're too tight. He had to... You put your shoes back on, and you go and do what God wants you to do. Do Are you listening to me? When God has dealt with your heart and you say, Lord, everything, I'm holding nothing back. You are my king. You are my Lord. You're my savior. Whatever the instruction is for the UK, we are ready. You put on the shoes again, and you go with God. Amen? Amen. God has to deal with our hearts in this issue. Where is your investment? Where is your investment? Take off the shoes of your heart. A great big thank you to Jesus. He invested his life without reserve for you and for me. Scripture says very clearly, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. John 3.16 That whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He gave his son. He jumped the fence. That was a hard fence for God even to jump. You may not think so. But when Jesus left... Something left the heart of God. Mark 10:45. For even the Son of God did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. He had to jump the fence and leave heaven. He said, I'll go and save them, I'll give my life for them. No reserve. Paul writes to the Philippians chapter 2, 5 to 11, Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God did not consider robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore God also has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow to those in heaven and to those on earth and to those under the earth. Oh, did you hear that? Every knee will bow, whether they're under, on, or above. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Wow. Jesus. Jumped the fence. Said, I'll go, leave it all behind, and I'll give my life to save them. I'll give my blood to save them. What a price. What a price for you and for me. So I'm saying to you this morning, invest your life in the kingdom of God. There are eternal rewards. Amen? Amen. If only we could just get hold of this. Luke 22, 28 to 30, look look what Jesus says to his disciples. But you are those who have continued with me in my trials, and I bestow upon you a kingdom. I bestow upon you a kingdom. Just as my Father bestowed one upon me, that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom, and sit on thrones judging the 12 tribes of Israel. Wow. 12 tribes of Israel. 195 or 197 nations, 7,000 people groups. I think they're going to rule and reign with them. Amen. Those that have made the commitment. Come on. Amen? 195 nations. The Jews can have the Israelites. <laughs> I'm saying, Lord, give us the Gentiles. <laughs> Amen. Come on. Amen. Are we going to rule and reign with him? You say, Pastor, where did you get that from? Well, it's from the book of imaginations. My imagination. <laughs> but you know what? I believe it. I believe that there's a purpose. There's a purpose for every evangelist on the street. Amen. One day when Jesus sets up his millennial kingdom, he's going to say, oh, I remember those guys. They're the ones. Send them there. Let them rule here. Let them take here. I want to be in that, in that company. Don't you? Some of you said yes. I want you to become big-minded today. I said God, I I'm, I want to be with you. Oh, in that millennial reign, I want to play an important part in your kingdom. Amen. If twenty-four elders are going to, or twelve disciples are going to sit with Jesus in the millennium and rule and reign, whoa! 195 nations 7000 people groups there's a lot of lot of people going to be needed are you going to be part of that we in the uk god will say hey that's for you that sections for you and that sections for you guys and this sections for you guys go and rule and reign with me i can't enthuse you anymore <laughs> All I can say is, folk, listen to me. Kingdom of God is real. Ruling and reigning is real. Jesus said so to his disciples. You're going to rule and reign with me. I'm saying, Lord, I'm a candidate, please, that I want to rule and reign with you. I want to be part of your kingdom. I want to be involved in what you're going to do in this end time and when that jesus comes and establishes his kingdom and rules and reigns from jerusalem he's going to call out my name oh lord please going to call out your names come on are you are you ready and willing to make the investment yes yes are we going to see are we going to see are we going to see the uk turned around Remember when the the disciples on that Mount of Transfiguration, or or, or, or when Jesus ascended to heaven from Mount Olivet. And as he was going up, they were watching him, and the angels came and spoke to them and said, you men of Galilee, what are you looking for? Get to Jerusalem. Jesus said, get to Jerusalem. And it was up there in that upper room, you know, where God did something in their hearts. But the day came. The day came, the day came when the anointing hit them. The Holy Ghost fell. And oh, I tell you what, they put their shoes on and they didn't stop running for Jesus. Come on. When the Holy Ghost comes on your life, when the Holy Ghost comes on your life, you will jump. You will jump the walls. You will go where God wants you to go. You will do what God wants you to do. Nothing will hinder you. A boldness will come. What happened? They went to the temple that day, Peter and John, and they found that man paralyzed at the gate, and uh, uh, they just said, we don't, silver and gold, we don't have, but what we have, we give to you in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk, such as we have. And I'm saying to you this, listen to me. If there's a not so much such as we have in our hearts, I'm saying, God, come and fix it in my life. I want the such as we have that they had. We want those giftings. We want those callings. We want those blessings on our lives. Come on. Come on. This is something to live for. This is something to live for, to give your life for, to give your investment for. Such as we have, we give unto you. Whew be nice one day when they queue up here and they say, can you give us some of this? <laughs> Come on. Can you give us some of this? Amen. That's what I have for you today. Come on, make this an investment. Make a commitment in your heart today. Lord, deal with the heart. Take the shoes off. Put them back on and say, I'm ready to run. Lord. Come, let's stand. Thank you, Lord. (laughs) Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Just come play for me a little, brother. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I just want you just quietly where you are bow your head in the presence of God and say Lord Lord deal with my heart deal with my spirit come and touch me Lord come and deal with the issues of shyness no boldness always saying I can't intimidated afraid Lord come and deal with it come and deal with Make us the people that you've called us to be. Help us today, Lord. Oh Jesus. Oh Jesus, we want to declare your name into the UK. Jesus. 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 Let the walls of unbelief fall around Bradford. Around Yorkshire. Around the UK. Let the walls of unbelief that have been sown by the devil. Father, we come in the name of Jesus. We say, Lord, use us. Use us. Use us as a congregation. Use us as individuals. Use us as your ministries. Lord, we empty our hearts to them. We say, come, use us, Lord. Take us beyond just ourselves. Take us beyond ourselves, Lord. Take us into a depth where you show us to cast the net and we bring in the fish. We say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, it's easy when you show us. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for every person here this morning, every one of you, become a fisher of men and women and boys and girls. Lord, it's for people that you died. And it's for people that we want to live, to give our lives to sowing the good news of the kingdom of God. Do it, Lord. Do it, Lord. In Jesus' name, can you say Amen to that? Amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. We're available to pray for any folk that have got needs here today. Anyone you've got a need in your heart and life this morning, we'd love to pray with you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for turning up today. We have another meeting, and you're welcome to stay. You're welcome to stay for the next service. It's another speaker. You don't have to listen to that again. Pastor Polycarp is going to minister to us 12:30 we start again and i think maybe in the future we could even start a bit earlier but we'll work on it amen amen so have a cup of tea enjoy fellowship in Jesus name hallelujah